And welcome to the Sports and Media Cast, I, or Sports and Media Podcast. I'm Jeff. I am Joe. All right. We are rock and rolling. Joe, you missed last week because you uh, forgot you were out of town. So. No, I remembered. I forgot to tell you. <laughs> it's, uh, I remembered that morning because I was like, oh, yeah, we'll still do it in the morning. Yeah. There you go. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, first of all, we got to put our, our list out there if you're watching on Facebook and you want to do it. We're looking today at the best uh, third basements of all time in Major League history as we're going to try to do a new a, a new uh you know, position each week. So, three best major league third baseman of all time. I've got mine. I actually looked it up. I did research today. Michael Schmidt, George Brett, and Chipper Jones are my top three of all time. Brooks Robinson would come in fourth if I had to go up to four. So, go ahead and post your best top three major league baseball third baseman of all time. There you go. So, yeah, I don't know. I, defensively, I have to put Brooks Robinson in there. Okay. Um, you'd have to be in there. God, that's a great list. Yeah, and there's I, other I, I ones. I did not put George Brett. He's yeah. one of the best pure hitters of the last 30, 40 years with power. Um, Schmidt, pretty darn good. Yeah. Who else have you? Oh, Chipper. I, I guess Chipper I'm torn down. between Schmidt or Chipper, who I'd put in there. There you They're go. They're both pretty darn good. It's a, it's a good I Actually, I think that might be one where you could put four wow. in and feel confident. And there's other ones, too. But those are the four that I came up with in my top three. I leave Brooks Robinson just off the list. And I feel bad about that. Was, he was Chris Speaker a third baseman? Uh, I don't know. You probably saw him play more than I did. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, I'm so, pretty sure if Tris Speaker's on there, I mean, God. It's yeah, so, there's your number five. There's fan. so many good baseball players out there. Well, and that kind of led me into something you sent me a note on today. Do kids today collect baseball cards? Or is it more of an adult thing? And so uh, you've, you want to talk about that? And, and kind of, I was kind of interested. What, what got you kind of thinking about, you know, about a baseball card and baseball card collecting now? Well. Or really sports card collecting. But baseball is the number I started, one. last night I went on a taking photos and I went on Twitter and probably posted about 12 different things. The first year I collected baseball cards and football was 1971. Yep. And that was an unbelievable year for, you know, think Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Roberto Roberto Clemente. Clemente. Yeah. And I, I just love those cards. And probably about five, I sold most of them off to pay for college. Yeah. And a few, about five, six years ago, I decided to see if I could buy some of these cards now. <laughs> now that I have money, I can, you know. Now that you're not, independently not, not wealthy. a lot, but... And since then, I've been purchasing cards from the 71 to 75, 76 era there and trying to get some of those back, and I was just looking at them. So I decided this year, every week I'm buying one pack of baseball cards to see what I can learn from them as far as... Because I love, I love the data, I love the stories, and plus you get the pictures and everything. But I noticed a couple of things. The pictures back in 71, 72. Remember those pictures where like they're posing yeah. to catch a ball and swinging back? Not a single one of my cards so far that I've bought in these two packs. They're all action because they can take better action. Yeah, they can take better action. Yeah. So that got me thinking about it. And I started thinking, what's like the best card ever? And one of my favorite cards of all time is the 1971 Roberto Clemente one because of the color, the face there, sort of a profile. He's swinging the bat. They're just beautiful. They are. I mean, someday if they haven't done an art exhibit, they need to do one for baseball cards yeah. and football cards. That's a good answer. My favorite card growing up was Hank Aaron because I was a big Hank Aaron fan. Which, which year? Uh, it would have been 74, 73 towards the end of his career. Okay. There, but right after he broke the record, mm-hmm. um, I just remember I, I was looking for it, looking for it. And I was eight or nine years old then, and I finally got it. I remember. And here's how dumb I was. I had like a little bulletin board in my room, and I put a thumbtack in it oh! and put it up. I, you know, Why didn't you just put it in your spokes? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> 
But I was just, I was so excited. I got Hank Aaron, and so, uh, yeah. And then some of the big red machine of the other players. Do you, but do you still have the card? Though? I do not have the card because that was the one that had like the double coated lines on the bottom for seventy four or seventy five. It probably had the yeah, red I remember and blue right. yeah. surrounding it. So yeah, so, yeah. So I don't have any of my I, my cards. Now my kids do a little bit of collecting, but they're not adamant about it. So to kind of answer your question a little bit, but yeah, baseball cards. If you collect them, if you're watching on Facebook uh, or you want to reply, we got a lot of people watching out there. Brian Hickox, David Wolf for watching. Oh, cool. We're looking for if you do you still also, collect baseball uh, cards and uh, your best third baseman. Uh, Tim Huddy keeps telling me he he posts he listens to the podcast cool. so. Hey, how you doing, Timmy? Good job. So we appreciate it. And then the other thing that you want to talk about, um, and I had a brain lock about the, uh, as you know, Greg Popovich's wife, Erin, passed away unexpected. Well, I guess it was expected, but it was unexpected to us in the uh, in the world that she had been sick. And she passed away Wednesday morning. And it was announced today that Greg Pop- Popovich will not uh, coach in the next San Antonio Spurs game. But what really came about was the, just an absolute um, really weird story where Ali LaForce, at the end of the Cavaliers game, asked LeBron James, who's in the other conference, you know, uh, had just won their game about about his thoughts on you know Aaron Popovich passing away. And I thought LeBron James did a pretty adequate job of answering the question. You know, he was, he was very emotional. He was emotional, and I think it caught him off guard. And but but he did say later that he knew it was coming, but he just didn't want to say. But then he came off, and he, he was very stoic. And I thought he did a real good job answering it. And whatever, it's a big you know Popovich is a big a big story in the NBA, and it was an unfortunate you know unfortunate his wife died. But then afterwards, Ali LaForce just absolutely is getting blasted by members of the media, public on 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 right. Facebook. Facebook and Twitter that she shouldn't have asked the question. And this, you know, you're the journalism uh, professor. I mean, could you give us a little bit of an what would what would you tell your students if they were in this situation? Is it is it all right to ask? Not all right to ask? Was it inappropriate because LeBron is not associated with the Spurs and or that uh, playoff series right now? Well, a lot of it is time and place. Is it the right and time and place? I had no problem, by the way, of, of them asking the question. So that said, here's the other thing: is apparently. This was right after he had, what, 40-some? Yeah. He had me points LeBron James had. And the first question was, hey, what do you think about, or, you know, Greg Popovich's wife passing away? And he started answering. And even if you know the answer, think about it. You try to hold back your emotions. Once you start talking about it, you start getting very emotional. And yeah. one thing that I was really taken by is that both he Go ahead. and Kevin Durant both were pretty emotional in their responses there. And they both cited... He's part of our NBA family. Even though they're all competing against one another, it seems like, and maybe it's a direct result of, of um, the, the league itself, or maybe it's because of LeBron James, but they all seem to be looking out out to one another. And I haven't heard something like that in a sport for a long time. Have you? No, and I thought I, I did hear a lot of people say that. And LeBron, I think that was the first thing he said. Even though we're competitors, we, uh, you know, we're all one family. And so that was interesting that he said that, and mostly during the playoffs, right there. So, right. Uh, yeah. It, it was interesting. I, I have no problem with Ali LaForce asking the question. Now, I think it probably would have been the final question of the interview I would have asked. I would have probably thought she would have led with, hey, how'd you feel about your great game? Now the series sure. is even. And, oh, by the way, if you didn't hear today, we had some unfortunate news in the NBA. That's how I kind of would have, you know, we maybe taught my students or would have been around it, if, but would have went through it if it was in my, uh, if it would have been my interview. So I, I'd like to believe the same way that I would ask it that way in the fence that, like I always tell my students, if there's a question that's going to infuriate somebody, in particular, this is not this one, ask it last so you get all your other information first. Yeah, exactly. In this case, you know, that was a great thing, like you said, to end on. But 
it's okay that she asked first, but people are ripping into her and talking about her look. She's, I think, a 2005 Miss Teen USA pageant. Oh, yeah. Who cares? This woman has earned her spot on the court. If you look at her background, she's, she's worked for uh, covering SEC games at uh, Ohio State. She's got a broadcast journalism. She's worked for TNT. She's been an anchor and a reporter for a TV station in Cleveland. But, of course, the trolls are always going to get in there and start ripping into people. Yeah. They don't care about facts. They don't care about whatever. So that's why we have to pretty much disregard what most people say on, on and social I think, media. And one of the other things is that, you know, the NBA ratings are up. So, I mean, they didn't do this for ratings. A lot of people I've heard say, oh, they're doing this no. for ratings. No. NBA ratings are, are up for this first, you know, week or week and a half or so of playoff games. So that is not it at all. There's so. a more familial relationship I'm, I'm seeing more than ever the last few years in the NBA. Oh. Everything from... Remember when Craig Sager was uh, yep. was fighting uh, cancer, cancer yep. and yep. ended up dying? Pop, who's known as a kind of a, I wouldn't say curmudgeon. Yeah, but he's also he's a funny curmudgeon. I, I think, he, and you can also tell he has a kind heart. Yeah, and he did some things with Craig that were really amazing and wonderful, and, and you know, almost tear jerking, depending how close. Yeah. But also how the players are all there. We're all in this together, and very I, opposite of the NFL. Very opposite of the NFL. Very opposite of a lot of them. I mean, there's this whole thing about, you know, we're in the profession. But the NBA players just seem to be, this is our family. Craig Sager was part of the family, even though he wasn't he wasn't out there. Yeah, he was the a court. sideline reporter. He was, but he was part of yeah. it. And if you listen to, I do like listening to, we were talking earlier about how late you stay up. Sometimes I stay up late, and I love listening to the NBA with Ernie Johnson, who's fantastic, yeah. one of the best out there, and Shaq. And Charles Barkley, and and they're talking. They're sort of like giving advice to these kids, going, "Hey, here's how you get better." I mean, they can do it. They're yeah. all the famers, unlike you or I. <laughs> but it, but it, there's this family notion on the sets, on the shows, and I really liked it. I think that's one of the reasons everybody's growing because back in the '90s, it was filled with perceived to be thugs who, and all kinds of problems. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, you're exactly you're exactly right. And right now is the best time for sports. You got NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, baseball is kind of getting in full gear if the weather would cooperate. Yeah. And then you got the NFL draft, and you know uh, is is next yeah, week. Next so weekend, right? yeah, so it, yeah, so there's all. It's really a great time for sports. And you know, obviously golf and tennis are, are still out there as well, and, and NASCAR is in full effect. So you know, it's a great time. But right now, it, you know, every night there's something great to watch in sports, which is good around here since we're in the middle of winter and at late April. Snow in April a couple of times. For oh. Other stuff in the media this week. I will give ESPN's Get Up show credit after its kind of terrible start. Uh, the last couple of mornings, I've watched it as I kind of get ready and have it on in the background. I think they're finding they're gaining a little traction. Now they've taken off the full-time fourth host. I think that that was too many microphones and too many people. And I think they'll be better off using that as the guest when there's a guest in the studio. But it seems like Beetle and Greenberg have a, have a really good relationship, and they're kind of playing off each other a lot. And Jalen Rose kind of brings the athletes' uh, point of view into the uh, into the discussion a little bit. So I, I, I haven't given up on Get Up. <laughs> yeah, I tried it a few times and. and and I, I always like Mike Greenberg's professionalism. He's fantastic there. And I think that the co-hosts there are, are fantastic. They, they, they do a, a professional job. They're right on marks. They're, they're talking about issues. They're talking about um, topics. They're interviewing people. I just, it's just nothing that makes me, compels me to want to listen to it. It's just not, when I think of these shows, I think of who would you want to hang out with for a while, <laughs> right? And, yeah. and, and I don't. I mean, I think it would be kind of nice to talk to them, but I mean, it's, I don't want to hang out with them yeah. for two or three hours. I, I'm just not overwhelmed, but I still think it's going to be far better than the, you know, I was listening to uh, Golik and Wingo 
I believe you said about a week ago that show may not make it through the end of the year. And I thought, oh, I think they'll give it credit. You might have hit that one on the head. They may not make it through the end of summer. I don't think they uh, Wingo are. is just unlistenable, and Golick seems to be very uninterested right now. They don't have any rapport. Yeah, and I, the things they're talking about are – see, if, if, if you have an attitude and a personality, you know, there's certain things that you can do. Like Dan Levitard, which remains my yeah. favorite. Just I have him in the background as I'm doing stuff. It makes me laugh. They have everything from Ron McGill, who's like in the Miami Zoo, <laughs> to they're now doing Rick Springfield's 20 favorite colors. <laughs> Every day they have another one. And it's so goofy and, and stupid, makes, and they realize that. Yeah. But they slip in sports stuff along the way and some good, good there, people. Yeah. Whereas... Yeah. Wingo, I mean, they're forced. I mean, they're oh, just yeah. they're struggling. Yeah. Now, on, uh, well, and even both, and, and Wingo's a really good. Yeah, he, he, don't you think? It's just, I think he's better when he's here. Yeah, he just needs to be in, involved with NFL and stay there. Now, but on worst possible news, you know, Dan Patrick said no to NBC on the Sunday Night Football, but now there's even talk, and there was a story today, I believe, on awfulannouncing.com, which is a terrible name, but a great website to it's find. It's a great website, to Awful Announcing. To yeah. find uh, sports news, is that they're talking maybe that maybe Dan Patrick's NBC national radio show will go away sometime within the next year, and I would hate to see that because rumor has it they're trying to gear up another morning show, and Patrick has always had that weird time slot. Are you talking about the Dan Patrick show? Yeah. Oh, okay. So we'll be interested to see what happens. That will keep you up to date. I know NBC did that. Yeah, it was. It's an NBC production because he's on NBC. He's got his own production company, but yeah, it's, that's what but I it's ran by NBC, and NBC has it as well on TV on the NBC, uh, you know, uh, network channel or the cable channel. So uh, we'll see what happens there as, as we move forward. He's one of the smart people out there, right? And and those guys, you know, the Danettes and Dan, those are the guys you'd like to hang out once. Yes. It'd be nice to go down and yeah, have a couple wings. There. Yeah, yeah. Plus, he's just he's he's really smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With the way he looks at things, and he, as a matter of fact, this past week when he was talking about before this all blew up with Popovich, he said that sports media has gone negative because it's easier than being thoughtful. It's yep. easy to go rip into people. And, and they've smart. always Patrick and I think some of the guys on there have always kind of taken the opposite look. Uh, sometimes when it seems to be it's easy to talk about this, they'll take the opposite side and discuss it. And they might wrap around and go back to the, what most of the journalists are saying out there, but they usually try to take that other, you know, the other look just to see what's on the other side of the pillow, as they say. And, and think of all the negative stories that have been out oh. there. You have, and, and he cites a couple of these. Sean White, he, he doesn't cite that one, but Sean yeah. White, he wins the uh, uh, one of the most Medals, dazzling yeah. finals in U.S. Olympic snowboarding history, which isn't that long. And then right away, they bring up a story that's two years old. And yeah. Was it Dante DeFence? De- 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 I can't say Yeah, that. I know you're talking about, yeah. I'm just going to flutter over this, baby. <laughs> this is why I'm not a professional uh, <laughs> broadcaster. Uh, but DeFizenzo, <laughs> which I know I blew, yeah. uh, they come after a tweet from him when he's 14 years old. Yeah. And then... Russell Westbrook gets a triple double, averages that for a year. Let's oh, he's selfish. Instead yeah. of lauding that, everything's negative. How yeah. about looking deeper and diving into yeah, you some know, other aspects of a story? When something happens two years in a row, maybe he's really good. Instead of oh, it's not that big a deal anymore. But that's kind of how the NBA has went with that story, which is pretty. Uh, it's not the right way. I'm not a big Russell Westbrook fan, but man, triple double two years in a row, never been, it never happened before. I don't care if you're selfish or not. You still have to do it. Well, it's like he said, somebody has to get that rebound. It might as well be me. Right. I love that attitude with him. Uh, speaking of ratings and, and sports, now here's something we don't talk 
talked about on this show is the WWE is getting is really doing well right now. It's making a kind of a comeback in terms of rating. I know I'm they got the Sunday Night Raw, uh, so it's interesting. You know, those fans have stuck with it, and now they're trying to see a little bit of a, a comeback. But it also, you know, John Cena and The Rock and some of these wrestlers who went on to the movies. So. I can't even look at John Cena. He's breaking <laughs> up with his fiance. How how can you even look at that guy anymore? I don't know, but just threw it out there that uh, WWE is back and Do getting you know, a good. Well, I, I, I would like not it. watch it if you paid me a million dollars. It's all about the show. Yeah. And I love, growing up, I remember when it was really low production. But you never can make fun of WWE, NASCAR, golf, or anything. Because if you the minute you do, people just start railing on you. So I get it if you like it. It's just not my cup of tea. No, it doesn't have to be. But uh, I, I, I'm not addicted to it by any stretch. But when I watch it, I can put myself in the mindset realizing this is all show. This is fantastic. As a matter of fact, one of the greats of all time died this special. Yeah, Bruno, Bruno San Martino. Yep. And I'm just thinking, I remember him when I was a kid, you know, yeah. watching him. And they had Andre the Giant story just came out on HBO. So there's a yes, lot of stuff about yes. wrestling happening. They just had WrestleMania. Uh, Rick, the Ric Flair one. I yeah. don't know if you saw that one on ESPN. Did not, yeah. I don't know if it was a 30 for 30 or a short one, but um, I watched it. It was, it was fantastic. It was, it's, it's really entertaining. So. That's a better show. Maybe they put that on in the mornings at ESPN. <laughs> Wrestling news. Well, that'll wake us up. There you go. Explosions everywhere. Maybe they should just steal the production <laughs> values from that. The production is good on those shows. Yeah. Uh, football at night this year is going to be moved up between 5 and 15 minutes, depending on what night you're okay, watching. Okay, I've got time now. I'm set. <laughs> like Again, in football, you can't... I needed at least five minutes to get ready, because without that five minutes, for God's sake... Do they th- I just want to know who makes these decisions and why. Like, I, I don't. I didn't write it all down, but it was one of those things where, like, Thursday night football is moving up five minutes. You know, Sunday night football is going from a seven thirty kickoff to a, a seven twenty kickoff, and Monday night football is going from eight thirty or seven thirty our time to seven fifteen. It doesn't. It's not going to make a lick of difference in terms of the people that that are on the East Coast or the West Coast. You know, uh, it's. It's mind-boggling that they do that. Well, they shouldn't even have sent out a press release. They should have just done it and let people find out. They should be embarrassed to send out a press release about that. It's unbelievable. They just, I mean, even though they're the machine and we're talking about them now and today is the schedule release party, uh, and a week from now is the NFL draft, but they still can't get out of their own way with with how they market and the Kaepernick stuff will not go away. 720. 720, baby. I'm set. Yeah, I mean, do something wildly different. If you're going to want to get someone's attention, do something wildly different. Not some talking head going when you think about it, it's 300 seconds. Yeah. You know, it's, it's five minutes is nothing. Yeah, it's just a... Uh, and at the, t- the starting time, if it's a good product, they'll listen to They'll come at 10 o'clock at night. Exactly. That's why the, that's why the Super Bowl should be moved to Saturday night. I do like it that. Be, I, I heard... Uh, are you listening to Dan Lebertard now? Well, got, I, no, it's up. Uh, oh, yeah, they talk about it a lot, but I mean, it's just, it's obvious. It needs to be moved to Saturday night. It does. We'll get, a, you know what? We can say it'll Super Saturday as much as we can say Super Sunday. And it'll be great. It'll be better. The only thing that will be mad, well, the people that will not, <laughs> church attendance will go down a little bit on that next day morning. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, well, that, you, yeah. you need later masses on, after that. So. I, yeah, you need to, you need to sober up before the next day, I guess. All right. Who really party. Before we get to the uh, Walking Dead, anything else on your list, Mr. Joe? Well, let's. How about next week we talk about maybe our all-time favorite sportscasters? Sportscasters, all right? Yeah. Talking about Dan Patrick, is he on the top ten list somewhere? We'll oh, talk about that. But well, I guess we'd have to talk time. about sportscaster as calling the game or sports host that's in the studio. You might have both. To, uh, both, all right. There Anybody you you'd like to see one way or the other? Because a lot of them have done both. Yeah. But but some people are more maybe baseball centric. And maybe they're just doing baseball, but like Vince Scully's thought of as a baseball guy. Yep. He did a lot more than baseball oh, yeah, too. Did. Yep. 
Yeah, so that, that's a good He's one. Well on my list, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, Brent Musburger, I loved him growing up. Uh, yeah, there's there, that'll be a tough one. We'll we'll think of See that too. Everybody out there thinks about it as well. All right. So now you've uh, we're two weeks from our last Walking Dead update, so our fans are probably uh, itching and you know itching here to, to talk a little bit about the Walking Dead season finale uh, happened last Sunday night, uh, and so we, now we have the uh, the hiatus until the fall, unless you're into the Fear of the Walking Dead. God, I got hooked on it last week. Damn it. Did you? Did you? Sorry, not. Well, really, the because of Morgan and I like the actor. Who yeah. plays uh, John Dory? I think. Yeah, the fear, the Walking Dead was really just Walking Dead, kind of <laughs> just continued there. Right. But let's talk about the season finale, of Walking Dead, the one that you know people are talking about. Now, my guess, my first question, we'll, we'll start at the end of the show. Did you think Negan was dead when Rick and him fought at first? Absolutely, I thought he was dead. But here's what I thought: I was like, oh, I caught a mistake on the Walking Dead because they panned away, and I saw Negan's eyes open up and his hand move, and I'm like. They didn't catch that. How did they not catch that? Okay. Well, the reason they didn't catch it is he wasn't there. Yeah. And so, so they really are following the comic books uh, a lot on this on the story. So, so you know he's going to be in imprisoned, we guess, in the, in the, when the fall season premiere comes. So, but I thought it was a really good episode. I thought the season, th- these eight episodes this spring, uh, if you want to call it spring, were were good. And and I think it it caught some of the imagination. The ratings are still a little bit down, but they did flatline a little bit in terms of not continuing to well, plummet. Car- the Carl effect, probably. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I thought it was a, a, a done well. It sets up next year with a little teaser because now, uh, you know, Daryl and uh, Maggie and two, uh, and Jesus and Jesus possibly are going to be pitted in the future uh, against Rick and Michonne. They didn't say for sure. Uh, I've heard, you know, as I did my research on Monday after the show. I, re- I actually read on did it. Did you see that? Well, yeah, well, some of them were say. saying that it was just on, only because they need they want they think Negan should be dead, whereas others think it's going to really set up a civil war uh, inside the inside the camp. So, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I thought. I, I, first of all, I thought that scene where Negan was actually tearing up. You know, and, and so he was so connected to Carl, and, and then when he went, <laughs> and he said, I, I thought he was absolutely dead at that moment. Yeah. But that moment that they had was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I liked, I liked the, I loved the, I really did like the final show, but the last 10 minutes, I was just like, it, it's sort of like, hey, we won and slow, but I know they're setting up for yeah. the next season. But I'm curious to see what's going to happen because there's so many elements out there. They asked Scott Gimple in one of them, if you read one of his interviews with them. And Scott Kimball said, yeah, maybe something with the helicopter, maybe yeah, they something did, they, with Jadis, maybe yeah. something. Like Dwight. Is Dwight going to go off in another direction and find some other people? That's another yeah, you don't another know. tributary that they can yeah, follow. Yeah, because Daryl just basically said, don't come back. So Dwight's on his own for now. So we'll see. You know, they, that means something. He may not come back for a season or two the way that sometimes right. the, the Walking Dead does things. You know, And his uh, wife apparently was there because she had that sign in, yeah. in the, uh, that letter. Yeah, and then so. Morgan is on his own now heading out to uh, Texas. They John moved. Dory, yeah. the gunslinger yeah. with the pearl-handled <laughs> uh, uh, revolver. So, inter- yeah, so overall, I mean, it was satisfying just because at least now, you know, the whole... Negan and Rick, which they've drag they drug on for too long, has at least come to some kind of a conclusion. Not complete conclusion, but at least we know now that the hilltop and the other places are kind of for what we call the good people. And then they'll f- see what who's next. You know, somebody else is coming. It next. seems like both sides are helping yeah. each other, but it's um, it was also Scott Gimple and one. I think it was in this interview intimated this is just a small part of the world. What's who are they? Yeah. Gonna, what's the bigger? problem they're going to face because he was saying the big problem won't be 
Maggie and everything against yeah. Rick. It's going to be something else that's coming in. Well, you know, the, the, the lady with the records or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I wonder I, what that is. That, that kind of went away a little bit. Uh, you know, the the, uh, the the ladies came and helped them, but you didn't see anything at else about end, yeah, at right. the very end. Um, and then I, I really think it, it, you, they've hinted at the fact that the supplies are really dwindling. Yes. And so, are they going to be able to stay in the south? Maybe they are. They going to uproot the, uh, the uh, and move northeast or wherever they're going to be. Uh, so that'll be, I think, something that's going to have to be explored. So uh, everything's on the table, which is good. And I think they've, you know, the, I think the power, you know, they've got the the core is still there. Uh, and they didn't really kill any of the core, you know, the core, um, you know, actors. So. We go, we go forward. I'm satisfied. I'm a lot happier this year than I was a year ago when yeah, we were just I, I like, I thought good, it was over. I that, really did. That's a good word for it. I was satisfied at the end of the season. Uh, there's some culmination. I'm not stuck with the same storyline that they've had for the last 30-plus shows. Uh, I've enjoyed most of them, although we've had our yeah. problems with a few of those. Yeah. I'm looking forward to next year something completely new, Yep. almost like a new series, a new show. I think that's going to happen. If you, on the, the Walking Dead or the Talking Dead kind of kind of hinted at that, and Gipples hinted at that. And I think they know they have to. They've really run the course of you know everybody against everybody in the South. Now you know what's next. Is it, is it supplies? Is it moving north? Uh, you know. Even questions like how are they going to get antibiotics if everybody's using them all up, or are there enough mm-hmm. out there right now? And then what's the future? How are they going to build a future? Because if you don't have those things, you're back to the Middle Ages. Yeah, and if you notice, it really is starting to look like the country is, they've done a really good job. The set directors deserve awards. Oh, they really have deteriorated the country where there's nothing left. The cars are burnt out. The buildings are pretty much empty. So that they, And that one lady said the supply stores are, you know, there's just nothing left. Nothing so got, yeah. you, so that's going to, I think they're going to go that way. Where they Are they going to be starving and how are they going to do it? I know they got a couple of of animals on there but you know that's to me that's the that's always been the allure is you know the daily survival not just the the man against the zombies which the people who don't watch the show think it's always about and it's right. not about it's it's really man trying to survive in, in, an, in an apocalyptic world oh absolutely and I'm two things I'm curious about one is most people are going to be living in the cities and probably most antibiotics and all supplies will be there or there's so many walking dead around there or are there communities within those cities that are doing that secondarily did I catch this right when they were looking out in the horizon, that was all. That walkers. was all zombies. Yes, wasn't it? that was all walkers. Yes. So they're wandering in this valley, relatively close, correct? Yeah, and you wonder if they can get. You know, can Rick's group get out, or can they get back to? Or are they going to find a way that through? Look- like tens of thousands. That was or ten thousand. I don't know how many. Did it was. Seem oh, like, it was like yeah. It was yeah. A football stadium it filled was, with zombies. And how? Because I've never. I think what I'm. Congregate there. I mean, we need to do some scientific research here today uh, to find out. Maybe so in the future we know these things. There, but I don't know. But I think I, what one of the actors. I don't remember. It might have been Daryl said. I've never seen that many before. Right. And so that was one of those subtleties that The Walking Dead throws at you, and then immediately moves on. And I think that's what makes the show so great. And I know some people who have gotten tired of it and don't understand it, and you know. There's little things on there that keep you hooked, and then you end up having a good season. And so, hey, I'm back on board. I'm ready for the How fall. How would you grade this season? I would say an A minus, because still Carl died, and they didn't need to kill him, because the way he died was not necessary. And even when uh, Rick and what's the guy's name, Sadiq, is it? Is that when even when they had a little talk about how it happened, that really wasn't all that great of a scene, really, because they really didn't come to a culminate. No, Rick kind of walked away and said, "Thank you." That was a memory as you could barely even hear him say it. Yeah, it wasn't much of a scene. I guess they're trying to find a way to get Sadiq in there. Yeah. But who, who appears to be an interesting character. Yeah, and, and uh, I think I he means well. I really think he means well. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I, 
you know, what about your grade? Give you a grade. I'd say that's about right. I was thinking B plus, A minus. And at first, I was really furious about Carl <laughs> being killed there. But in light of the way it's progressed, I guess I went through all the five, the five stages yeah. of, uh, of mourning. Yeah. Of mourning and, uh, I can see it now. There you go. All right. That's the Sports Media Podcast. We'll be back next week as long as Joe remembers. I'm Jeff. Maybe I'll remember. I'm Joe. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. <laughs> see ya.